You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. And welcome to the 133rd episode of the Real Reading Podcast with me, Tom Canning. And me, Rachel Nemeth. And make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and join our Facebook group, the Real Reading Podcast group, named because it is a group and it's about the Real Reading Podcast, Rach. Let's see uh, what you did there. seems to make sense, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So, yeah. Uh, coming up this week, we've got a new feature. We are looking at a big story, making the headlines, and we are chatting to friend of the podcast, Dave Moore, about events, which I don't know if you've heard, Rach, are back. We can go to events again? Yes, we can go to <gasps> events. This is exciting um, news. Talking of things that are back, um, we're back. Uh, some of you that are already in those previously mentioned social media uh, channels will have realised that, yes, last week we said we're back, and we weren't, because uh, someone... Uh, and you can't see on this audio media who I'm pointing to, uh, didn't realise that he was igno- was organising uh, the first podcast back after about a month and a half off and uh, was trying to organise it on a day he already had a previous family commitment that could not for any reason be got out oh, of. Nice um, one, that man. I know, that, that man. So I don't, yeah. know if, um, I don't know if there is such a thing as dads having baby brain. But uh, <laughs> that's what you're going to claim. That's what I'm claiming at that point. Okay. Um, which was which was quite something special. So apologies, everybody who is eagerly awaiting a podcast to drop. You will also notice um, other things have changed. We changed the intro after 133 episodes. I've rewritten it finally, um, and also you'll notice it's just me and Rach this week. Um, how do you feel about that, Rach? Just I'm you missing and me. someone? Yeah, we're at Fort, Forto has pulled out at the last minute. Um, he has other things to do. Um, he's a very busy man at the moment. Busy roving reporter. We'll yes. be all right, but we'll be, we'll uh, we fun, will miss yeah. his expert traffic and council yes. information, won't we? The one thing everybody may notice is that there will be no sort of fuzzy feedback from either him rubbing his beard, um, the <laughs> microphone, or anything else. So there's um, Paul Man will also be back at various points uh, in the next in the next few weeks, and we've hopefully got some other people lined up uh, in the, in the near future. So um, let's move on. We have a new feature. Um, it's called, and I've come up with this all by myself. I had this brainwave overnight. And it's called Building a Reading Citizen. Okay, that explain about? that one. Well, um, as you know, Reading is bidding to become a city again. Now, how many we... times is that now? I think this is the third time okay. and we could we I was thinking how do we how do we talk about this as a thing because uh, you know we could go down the road of oh is it right is it wrong should we shouldn't it how much is it going to cost all that stuff and I don't think people I, I'm not sure people are that bothered um I, I get the general maybe maybe I'm wrong if I'm wrong then do get in touch and tell me how I'm wrong but uh I I just I, I don't know I'm not bothered whether whether Reading's a city or not are you Rach? Um, we've talked about this before on the pod, haven't we? And like what it what it brings to Reading if it does get a city status. I I'm not 
I'm not sure that the changes were significant enough for it to impact us particularly. I don't know if there's any investment in the town and that kind of thing, but yeah, but it seems to be something we keep going for. Yeah, well, you know, one and and you know, one day we might win. Anyway, so we're building a Reading citizen is uh, a, our new feature, and every every week I will be asking a member of the team to come up with something that any budding future citizen of Reading must have done to be considered a true Reading citizen. And we'll be asking the public to vote on it as to whether it becomes part of our constitution. So um, rather than stitch anyone up, I've chosen the first one. So first up uh, for me, of course, it's simply having a pint at the nag's head. So you can see the level of seriousness that we are taking this. Um, I think uh, any future budding Reading citizen, whether whether you, you know, and this could be a pint of Coke, if that's, if you know, if, you, if you're not a drinker, simply, simply the act of going to the nag's head and ordering something from the bar, that is an act that must be uh, achieved in order to unlock uh, level one of your Reading citizenship. Can um, I just stipulate that we don't have the 10 points of the constitution oh, are no. all like going to various pubs or breweries that you like <laughs> they can't all no, no, be no. drinking no. establishments no they're not and, and and just just to just to allay anyone's fears next week rachel is choosing the second point Ooh, of the am constitution I? okay i've got a week to think about it in indeed and in actual fact um this may not make it onto the constitution uh, because it's going to a public vote so the awkward uh, thing is, I'm already speak. thinking of some that um, I myself haven't done. That's okay, so we can lie, we can lie. That could get hashtag awkward, or <laughs> maybe it's just an excuse for me to go out and, and do a few reading things. Well, this is this is the thing. So we, we'll, we'll be ticking these off and we'll keep going until we've got 10 things included on our constitution. Um, although that okay. does make it sound slightly more biblical than perhaps I meant. So maybe it'll be 11. Maybe we'll just do 11 or something like that. Anyway, and until we've got enough good ones that we can uh, carve it in stone like Ed Miliband did. Because <laughs> um, that went that went well. Um, so, uh, yeah, as I say, uh, having a pint of something in the nag's head, the, the act of going to the bar and ordering a drink. Um, I was toying with the idea of maybe um, specifically something from their top shelf, their top chalkboard shelf, the really strong stuff. But I do think it's a uh, just a plain and simple pint of something enjoyed in the venue. Mm. Um, you get bonus points for ordering pork scratchings. <laughs> do you have to eat them? Yes, of course you do. Oh mm, yeah, of course you do. You've got to have one. You've got to have one. I'm always least. wary of a pork scratching in case you get one with like hairy bits or something. I thought we were famously going to go in down, a, down a route where we talk about your weak teeth. Oh, am I, am I notorious for weak teeth? Well, I, we, maybe we'll talk about this off air, but uh, at one point we were having a conversation where uh, when we used to sit opposite each other in our old office where uh, you... Uh, we're going to the dentist quite a lot for a period of time. Um, and, oh. and I wasn't. So I assumed you had weak teeth, but perhaps not. Okay. No. <laughs> that is awkward. I've also got a few years on you. And I, yeah. You they've, maybe. Been, they've been okay, thanks, since then. <laughs> Rachel does not have weak teeth. I, I do. Tracked I've got all my teeth. own teeth. And yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay, if you've got ideas that you think could be in our constitution or you just want to add some thoughts to everything that we've talked about so far, if you want to tell me I'm wrong about Rachel having weak teeth, which, you know, I admit I am, then please do get in touch. Here is our mate, Jeremy, with how 
you can. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you very much, Jeremy. We are just awaiting the arrival of Ollie. Uh, oh, as, as if, if by, by magic. magic. There he is. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Hi, Ollie. Ollie. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Real Reading Podcast. Thank Ollie. You, um, it's Ollie Lytlemeyer. Is that how we pre- how we're pronouncing? I should have done this before. <laughs> Lytle Meyer. That's a it's Wait, a very and that, that's you, a good attempt. That, thank you. Thank you. Where 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 do you where are you these days at the moment in this in this world of obviously you're working on Berkshire Live at the moment and you've written the story that we're going to be talking about, but obviously you could be based anywhere in the country. Where are you? Yeah, so I'm kind of on the borders of Oxfordshire and Northamptonshire. So ah, when okay. um our new site Oxfordshire Live launches. I'm going to be um, helping to uh, work on that. So, but at the moment, yeah, I'm doing Berkshire Live and Buckinghamshire Live. Fantastic. Um, Ollie, I don't know if you've met Rachel. This is Rachel. Uh, so, sorry, sorry, everybody listening to this. We're having a little uh, little intro session. But um, Ollie, Ollie's written the story that we're talking about today, which is the... Um, the new, it's not, not necessarily the news, but just uh, a, a Reading mum... Um, has uh but i'll tell you what ollie you you take up the story you tell us what's going on okay so basically um a new mum in reading uh was in town in reading um she was uh walking around with her partner and her nine week old baby and uh her baby was upset and it needed a feed and she's breastfeeding so um both of them also wanted to get some food for themselves so they popped in to pret in the oracle um and Emma, who's the mum, she went round uh, kind of to the back of the store near where all the, the toilets are, you know, quite like tucked away. There was a table there and um, she started breastfeeding. And one of the managers told her that she needed to cover up and that she couldn't do that in that store. And obviously she was very upset by that. And, um, you know, she felt quite embarrassed. It was one of her first times leaving the house uh, since giving birth. And, you know, it's kind of sparked this kind of conversation about uh breastfeeding in public i guess um rachel the obvious thing to do here is to is to go to you uh, as someone with with experience of this is, is this something that you that you that happened to you at all or, or what were your thoughts on the situation sorry my uh wi-fi very typically dropped out for a few moments <sighs> there um so i i'm assuming you're directing that at me now tom Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so I've, I've got two boys, one of whom is six months old. And do I have any experience of this? Um, no, not directly. But um, my problem with this is, is twofold. It's firstly, that breastfeeding is the most natural thing in the world. Your baby needs feeding. Your body produces what it needs and you should be able to feed that baby wherever and whenever is necessary. Um, The other side of that is that with both of my boys, I found it incredibly difficult to breastfeed and in fact didn't manage to do it for very long, which is one of my regrets of motherhood, but we won't go down that route. (laughs) Um, 
it it's it is difficult it's very painful at the beginning and the fact that emma has managed to do it and is achieving that and feeding her nine week old baby is a huge achievement and she shouldn't feel conscious or um, embarrassed to be doing that um i it's a really awkward one because i personally wouldn't sit there <laughs> with my boob out um like if you're sitting feeding then the baby's on you and it is fairly discreet in its nature it's not like you're sort of sat there but then i i don't know if, if perhaps if the baby comes off and you're just sat there with your boob out i don't know is that appropriate in a public place it becomes a little bit awkward i think at, at times but to be feeding your baby is totally natural and you should be able to do it anywhere and anytime without anybody making you feel uncomfortable Ollie, there was a issued a statement, haven't they? Um, I'm, I'm not sure it really answers any particular questions. What have they said? Yeah, so so Prev kind of uh, got back to us, and they've just said that um, whatever happened in the Oracle store was a complete misunderstanding, and that they apologise, and that women are always free to breastfeed in their stores. But um, when I sent this to Emma, you know, she said they haven't actually come to me with that and she's reached out to Pret a few times now and they've kind of given a half-hearted apology to her just told her that they'll investigate and um I think she was a bit upset that um she didn't get that apology to her which is understandable I guess and um I think Emma's main point is that she wants there to be more kind of clear-cut understanding across you know whether it be like retail or just anywhere in in public because sometimes you can't just go home and feed your baby you know they need that food like now um and it's not as always easy as just going home and and doing it there like when when a baby needs their food they need their food <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so i think she's just kind of calling for you know more education and more more training and I'm, I'm glad that we were able to get that story out and kind of I, I must say she's she's um you know as a obviously not being a woman myself but as a dad of a, of a nearly 10 month old currently and um kind of almost being in in similar situations where your baby needs feeding one way or the other um it's it's quite you know even for even for the dad trying to just because you know the child needs needs food and you've got to you've got to find somewhere and you would think you know rach i think it's fair to say that that breastfeeding in public has become more normalized um whether i think i think is that right am i right in thinking that is it something that's become uh as i suppose it depends who you are for somebody like me who i spend a lot of time with other mums of mm. small babies it's completely yeah. normal yeah because that's what we do we go to coffee shops and people are feeding their babies left right and center all around how other people feel about that i don't know but um but it doesn't really matter what other people think, does it? it, it whether you feel uncomfortable, if, if someone's sort of sitting there watching, so to speak, it doesn't really matter if you feel uncomfortable. It's about the baby being fed. And I, and I, I think. Yeah. That... And I don't know what the. Um, 
them saying that we need it needed to be more discreet. What does that mean? Does that mean like put a muslin or something over the baby so that they're you know suffocating whilst they're feeding, or does it mean go somewhere else? Because um, quite often, um, if there are facilities available. Um, you know, like a family room or, or just somewhere private that you can f- go and feed. Quite often they seem to be like a changing facility, a toilet and a chair where you can sit and feed a baby. I'm like, would you want to have your dinner sat next to the toilet? <laughs> Not really. So, you know, if you're sitting having a coffee, um, it, why shouldn't your baby feed as well? Um, yeah. And if people do feel uncomfortable about seeing breasts in public maybe they should be the ones looking the other way rather than the mother having to turn around and face a wall or go and sit in a toilet somewhere and um i just find it a bit you know a lot maybe a lot of the people who do have a problem with it you think well how how did you feed when you were a baby well yes i don't think you sat there with a roast dinner and a knife and fork at a table (laughs) did you so you know we all had to feed one way or the other when we were tiny. So just get past it. It's, I think that, is it because it, oh, I don't know. No, actually, I'm not going to go there because I'll probably just get myself in trouble. Is it people <laughs> I, thinking of it as a sexual thing because boobs are on display when actually, yeah, nice one, Tom, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But really, you know, their primary function, unfortunately for you, Tom, is not for you to look at. It is is, they are there for a baby to feed from. That is their primary function. If people have a problem with that, I suggest the problem is with them rather than the feeding. And I think the manager um, was, uh, from what Emma told me, she was kind of asking her, like you said, to put like a, a... a blanket over the baby's head and over her and Emma was kind of saying in her head like it's one of the hottest days of the year Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna cover my baby up and have it not able to breathe you know would you she said she said to me would you want your dinner on a really hot day under your duvet yeah Yeah. you just wouldn't so yeah and and obviously babies notoriously still Young young children are notoriously still and don't move around or thrash about and make these things difficult. I, as you know, as I say, as a father of a of a near ten month old, my my child is is stays remarkably still whenever you put anything on her. Um, she just you know she just like yeah it doesn't, doesn't move at all, not a muscle. So, yeah, sense um, a tiny bit of sarcasm there, Tom. Oh, good. you got that good. Uh-huh, good. Yeah, um, I got that. I got that. What an absolute load of nonsense. So, well, hopefully, um, hopefully just by by us talking about it, and I am conscious that there are two men on this um, on this conversation talking about something that they've not had to do themselves. And uh, so I do appreciate uh, you being able to open up about that, Rach, as well. Thank you very I don't much. Know what it, you know, what the changes are that the establishments need to make, and it's not even as much as training, is it? It's just... It, it's okay for that to happen here and yes. that is yeah it shouldn't even have to be a conversation but if it is that's all it needs to be if people are yeah. feeding their babies that's fine <sighs> we've all got neck muscles we can all turn away there you go the big interview
Hi, everybody. I am here with Dave Moore of Reading Music Promoters Heavy Pop. Hello, Dave. Hello, Tom. Welcome back. I can't remember how many times you've been on the podcast, but this is uh, you're becoming a regular, which is which is very nice. It's good. I think I think the last time I was in my lounge, yes. some sort of lockdown was going on. Lockdowns. Who, rem who remembers lockdowns? Not sure it was even. But anyway, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, we've got you on because events are back. So, mm. uh, and you've got some events, funnily enough. So, um, what, what's going on? How are, how are you getting on with with events? How am I getting on with events? Um, broad question for you. Yeah, broad question. Plucking away, I think, is a good way to describe it. So, obviously, um, you know, things are challenging. Um, but you're all sort of planning ahead the best you can in a, in a sea of uncertainty, shall we say, um, like same everyone else. Um, but no, we've got some positive things going on, like we announced the Daphne Abbey Festival Fun Up uh, yesterday, and a award party on the Friday, which we haven't done before. So that's, that's, some, that's some good stuff. We've got some great shows on the float in the year into next year. So there is positive to, you know, to, to talk about, to be honest. So... Uh, obviously, putting on an event at the moment is, is I, I would has to guess, more difficult than normal. Yes. Um, what, what are you having to do specifically? Uh, well, the, the, the main the main thing is obviously COVID. You know, yeah. everyone's favourite conversation <laughs> uh, because obviously there's guidance out there, but obviously a lot of it's not mandatory. So, um, so sort of we sort of keep an eye on on that, and then. And I'm saying different. And the events that have taken place, whether it be festivals or shows, people take different approaches. At like to a local level, up to the bigger events, some people are like, oh, you know, like it's normal, you know, circa early 2020, 2019, uh, those 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 days. Um, other people are asked for tests, you know, various various types of testing. Um, you know, it's all kind of obviously I'm saying different approaches depending on. The audience and the perceived risk and all the rest of it um so yeah so with our point of view we're just kind of sort of obviously absorbing as much information as we can to the, the guys that is out there but you know, we're part of a number of associations these days so for example the association of festivals who've been amazing actually over the last year and year and a bit um and some other support networks and we're part of an independent promoters group and you know and, and some other bits and pieces um, and they've all been amazing at this whole process because obviously it's, you know, there's not, been lots of twists and turns. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of just really just sort of like planning it ahead the best we can, but also take this consideration that we want people to feel safe to attend the events and feel comfortable coming because, you know, we want people to have a good time. So, um, yeah, so that's that alongside just all the other things you have to do, you know, all the logistical stuff and all the other, you know, the things you have to do if you're doing any sort of event, really, it's just like another thing you need to add to the list, really. And, and do you think, um, with everything that's going on, do you, do you think that's likely to affect how many people will come along? Um, good question. I mean, I think, I think confidence at the moment is probably not that high. I think generally across the board, I think for like just in general, whether it's people going shopping or what, what, anything else at the moment? I like to think, obviously, as things go into you know, as the summer go through the summer and into the autumn, that that sort of picks up, and as more people get vaccinated, etc. And um, you know, we kind of sort of people sort of readjust to some sort of normality that, that that will come back. I think people do want to do stuff; they're just kind of a bit like hesitant at the moment, which I think is understandable considering what we've been through the last year or so. Um, 
yeah, so hopefully, yeah, I think, you know, I go about, it'll bounce back stronger. And so let, let's talk, let's try and talk specifically about down the Abbey, because I think that's the, that's the, that's the big one at the moment, isn't it? What, uh, yeah. what, what are you most excited about, about down the Abbey, aside from the idea of actually having a festival? Well, it's, you know, it's quite amazing that we can, we can, let's like, we can do it, to be fair. Like, obviously, <laughs> a few months ago, you know, it was looking, it wasn't going to be able to happen for various reasons. So that, that itself is quite exciting. I'm quite looking forward to the idea of actually just better to wander around and see some bands, really. I mean, in terms of things we've, we're doing for it, like we've we've made some tweaks and we've made some improvements from when we launched it in September 2019. So we've had a load of kids' activities. We're working with um, local arts charity, Jelly, who's sort of leading our workshops. And they're also brought in a company called Disappointing Clown Company, who, uh, who are clowns, your average type clowns. Um, all kinds of there's those kind of mad activities basically that kids and adults can do like I won't go through them now to the surprise but some of them are quite bonkers but sound amazingly entertaining uh, I've also booked in I've guess I've kind of so Damien A. Passmore who, who you know you'll know um, I kind of pitched this idea to him about a couple of months ago so he did this he did this show in the summer called Abba to Zappa Right, and and Abba was basically him doing an A to Z of songs, um, certain le- certain letters. So obviously each letter represents a different act, and some of them were kind of fixed, and but other ones you could there was like you learned like two or three you know acts with the letter C, for example, and then you could shout out and choose which one you know the most basically the most popular vote he performed, and it was like very entertaining, you know. And from that, I kind of approached him about this idea of doing like either doing that at Downton Abbey. As one idea, but then I said, "Well, I've actually got this other idea." And my other idea was, like I said, "How would you feel about doing a set that's based around like family films and like TV shows, so like you know, Toy Story and yeah. Muppets, etc." And uh, luckily, he was really up for it, so he's doing that. So, so I've kind of yeah, I've kind of basically given him a load of extra work to do. Um, but I hope it be you know, so that should be amazing. I think for for you know for everyone, like yeah, you know, adults and kids. You know, I like, um, so we've got that going on. Yeah, so we've got like that and the kids stuff. We've got some extra food vendors in. Um, we've got a really good mix of bands, like especially the Saturday night, as it goes to the evening, it's quite sort of party-led. You know, we wanted yeah. to have a, quite a bit of a vibe to it. I think everyone needs a bit to, you know, I think everyone wants to be able to, you know, shake off the cobwebs. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah it's those, those are things we're you know, excited about. To be you know, I'm really happy with how the lineups turned up, despite the challenges of just trying to book it in the first place. So, um, yeah, from that point of view, I'm really happy. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a good, good event for everyone. And it, so just um, just looking at kind of at Reading a whole, as a whole in the wider area, they, mm. they, what else is going on? Because I'm, I'm kind of coming to you, Dave, as, a, as an expert of, of what kind of is going on on no. the ground. Pressure, because, pressure. Well, because, <laughs> because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in a room, I've got a small baby and I'm, I'm not getting out and about. So what, what else is going on and around? Because obviously putting on a festival, you'll mm. be involved in that and, and there'll, there'll be an element where you're actually working rather than enjoying so yeah. what, what are you looking forward to going to yourself as a as a punter? Uh, good question. Well, I, haven't, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about that actually. <laughs> I've been so busy in our, in our own stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to. I think also now things are starting to open a little bit. Like the face bar reopened last week. The turf has been doing stuff pretty much the whole time when they've been able to. The South Street Art Centre is reopening in September. Um, I think most places, are, you know, will be open by if they're not open already. 
So do you know what? Someone's looking forward to the opportunity to go to, you know, to go for a wander around and do things really. You know? Yeah. Um, so this isn't one particular thing. I just like the, I'm just quite looking forward to the, you know, the, you know, the old days, you know, sometimes I go for a show, I go to one gig at some at one place and I wander down and catch something at somewhere else, you know, so I'm just looking forward to be able to kind of just go exploring and discovering some new music really and, and bumping into people that, you know, some faces yeah. I haven't seen since 2019, <laughs> you know, at a gig, you know, that'd be nice. And and I think um, people might be quite surprised. I think Reading will look a little bit different. A lot of the, um, a, a lot of the, the sort of the, the chain restaurants and, and other such stores will all have gone. Mm. Um do you do you have any sort of inkling about what might be coming down the road or or is it just going to be slightly more of a we're going to have a lot more empty shops because and i'm just kind of leaning on your your indie shopper arm at this point um i don't know i think it depends on rates i suppose isn't it yeah ultimately i think people are always very like creative with what they do you know i mean obviously like you know one way once i go back to like people at milk you know have sort of you know, and, and shared and gravity go, and there's always that great independence like those guys who have kind of managed to kind of keep going and and to, you know sort of tweak things um, through the various stages of this whole pandemic. And I think there's definitely opportunity for more independent businesses. I, I think you need you need that as well as that. You know, okay, you need your MSs and yeah, you know, because they they drive foot forward to any town or city. That's just, you know, that's just how it is. But I think you also need you know, your independent cafe, coffee shops and your food places and jewellers and all these other all these other things that kind of help sort of kind of give a bit more personality to the town. So, I mean, I guess, you know, as it comes down to, I guess, um, council supporting those sort of businesses and, and obviously like banks, et cetera. But I like to think hopefully we'll, we'll see a flourish of more, you know, independent creative types doing their own thing and, you know, making town you know, even more interesting. Thanks, Dave. Just uh, just to finish off, if people want to get along to Down at the Abbey, if they want to find out more, where can they go? So, yeah, the best thing to do is just go to our website, which is downattheabbey.co.uk. All the information is on there. You know, check out. We've got a lovely video, lovely photos from the from the, the first festival. Um, and again, there's all the information about the bands and ticket, you know, how to get tickets, etc. It's all on there. So, yeah, just head there. And I, I think we've just—I uh, think we've—we've we've done this whole interview without actually even pointing out he's in the grounds of Reading Abbey. For anybody that's new to our podcast, maybe not heard of Down at the Abbey before, it's literally within the grounds of the of the historic Reading Abbey. Yeah, which, yeah. So yeah, Abbey ruins. It said Reading Abbey ruins, which is celebrates its 900th anniversary. So it's pretty special to be able to do something in that space, especially on this year. Um, yeah. So that's where that's where it is. Um, it's an amazing. I mean, even though I've been there, I mean, I think people sometimes forget that it's there because it's just this next door to the, the Forby Gardens, and yeah. it's a beautiful space. It's a very calming space. And it's, it's weirdly though, you know, it's one of those places where actually it's extremely quiet, considering you're, you're based in the town centre. Um, so yeah, I don't know to go down and just have a little, have a little wander around, you know. And then we'll, we'll come take it over, and obviously we'll put our stages up with two stages of music. Obviously, all the food and drink. Uh, Sarah running our main bar. Um, some people love their award-winning beer. Would know about Simon already. Uh, obviously, got the kids' stuff. Got the Friday party. Can light the ruins in the evening. Um, yeah, it's a pretty special site. So yeah, just, but yeah, hopefully see people there. Obviously, in September. But if not, just go check out the ruins on your lunch break and just like, take a wonder. So yeah, it's a very cool sp- space and venue to have in, in the town centre. Dave, thank you very much. Cheers, Tom. The Big Interview.
So that was Dave Moore talking about Down the Abbey Festival, amongst other events that he's organising. As we mentioned at the top of the show, events are back. Um, Ollie is still with us. Hello, Ollie. You're you're still right. you're still here. Um, events. How are you feeling about events? I think I think I'm very torn on it. I think when oh, it's just very easy to say, yeah, I want everything to go back to normal because I, I do, and obviously it is now. But at the same time, I don't want to get ill. And I haven't actually been to any big, big events or like nightclubs or, or anything since they've reopened. Um, because I think it's it's kind of daunting to me a little bit. You know, we've gone from being sat indoors on our own, mostly, <laughs> um, to mixing with thousands of people. It is quite scary. I think if events were, I know this is really hard for them to do, were to put in some kind of extra protocols, like, uh, I don't know, having to be double vaccinated or a negative test, that would help me. And I think a lot of others feel more comfortable. I'm not against going to events right now, but I wouldn't, I'd have to like think about it. And, and I get the economy needs to go and we need to get out there. But, you know, there also needs to be that health concern. So that, that's how I feel about it. I'm very on the fence. Ollie, thank you. Thank you very much for that. As our youthful representative, <laughs> um, it's, it's good to good to get an idea of the side of that side of things. Um, I know you've got to go. So thank you very much for, for joining us today. And hopefully we'll see you again um, either next week or in, in a couple of weeks time. Thank you very much, Ollie. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Ollie. Bye. Um, Rach. Events. Um, obviously, you and I are in slightly different positions. I ha I have been going out. <laughs> I have been, but I, I'm I'm going to places that I know are safe, um, places where I can be sat sensibly distance from people. And actually, uh, I'm due to be going out this Saturday for the first time uh, ever. Uh, well, in in a long, long time. Uh, and I, I'm going to test myself in the morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a do a test, but what what are you feeling? Because obviously you're in a slightly different position. Your your husband is going out to work. Um, yeah. You've got two kids at home, and one of whom is likely wanting to run around and do crazy things. The other one who just obviously lies there currently, but uh, that will that will change in due course. How are you feeling about it? Um, well, I'm double vaccinated now. Oh yes, as am I, as of Saturday. Yeah, so. That's made me feel a bit more comfortable. I don't, I, I think basically the, the changes in the rules that happened, when was that now? Last week, <laughs> lose track of when things happened. I don't think that's going to change anything really about how I've been behaving. I'm, just, I'm still going to be wearing a face mask when I'm going in, you know, in supermarkets or when I'm walking into coffee shops or something, I will continue to wear a face mask and sanitize my hands and things like that um I've had to get a bit more relaxed about being in more crowded areas like um parks and things like that because it's obviously the school holidays now we've got to to do things so you know we went to Bucklebury Farm yesterday that was very nice and it's a bit more crowded than perhaps we're used to but um I think I'll be sticking to outdoor events. Yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable going, 
not that the opportunity presents itself, but I don't think I'd go clubbing. I don't think. Uh, why are you laughing? Rude. No, just no, just pure, purely <laughs> the, the thought idea of me in a nightclub. <laughs> pure, purely the idea of you and I in a nightclub, given that we used to live in nightclubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, sort of outdoor events, maybe like you know the outdoor cinema, that kind of thing, I'd be up for. But I, I don't feel ready to be indoors yet at crowded events. If I'm honest. So. Yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. I mean, um, it's it's hard. As I say, I, I I will take a look at each thing individually. I think and just decide. I don't really want to be in a crowded room, um, so I'll, I probably avoid that. Uh, and I, as I say, sticking to sensible places that I know. So, but what um, has to change, like going forward? You know, because now we're double vaccinated. Nothing else is coming for us to make it feel safer. So, a, how long do we go on like that for? I don't know. I really don't know. This is a really good point. Um, if anybody has any any kind of feelings on that, we'd we'd love to hear from them because I, that's not some not a question I've heard asked actually, Rach. Because as you say, of it particularly, I don't I don't want to get it. But at the same time, when do I start think when do, when do I start going back into crowded rooms? I don't know. Mm. Um, who who knows. And actually, having had my second vaccination a couple of weeks ago, um, the first one, I I barely reacted at all. I had a sore arm, and that mm. was that was about it. But the second one, um, the day after, only for a really short space of time, like six hours, I felt absolutely dreadful. You know, mm. when you have flu and your skin hurts yeah. to touch it, and yeah. just cold and hot at the same it was just awful and i thought if that is a little tiny taster of yeah. what covid could be like and you know like a tiny percent of what some people have have suffered then yeah. it's made me feel more wary i think um yeah so we'd um we'd love to hear people's thoughts on this when it, what are you planning on doing um eventually planning on going to um, there's obviously a number of good festivals this summer including uh but not limited to reading festival down the abbey uh are you listening festival and any number of others oh, hold on hold on there's a delivery at the door sorry oh, it's sorry like, it's like challenge oh, it is i'm running i'm running i'm running i'm coming i'm coming i'm, I'm sorry Sorry, just on a call. Thank okay. you. Thanks very much. And you. Oh, sorry, Tom. That's the, that's already been delivered once and I missed it. Rach, you're back. You're challenge Annika. Um, I, I hopefully I've not, I, I've probably aged myself there by, by, by remembering uh, you're doing your Annika Rice bit there, running down the stairs. Yes. That, that was a bit wonderful. less lycra than Annika though. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully. Uh, uh, not everybody won't have had to listen to the whole thing there because I, I've cut a little bit out of it. But yeah, you got the you got the gist. Let Rachel was running down the stairs, so there we Did go. Did you even know I could move that quick? I've not seen that for a while. No, no. Um, right. Thank you, everybody. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod. And join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. 
Um, that's quite enough for this week. Uh, Rach, it's been a pleasure. Um, good to see you again. Good to be back on yes. the pod. Ditto. Um, we'll be back next week with plenty more, including uh, part two or, or uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the second instalment of our Reading Citizen Constitution thing. Um, I had a, I had a proper name for it and I've already forgotten to. Forgotten. I've scrolled down the script and I can't be bothered to scroll back up. Reading Citizen. That's it. Citizen, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, if you know anybody we can speak to, we'd love to hear from you um, and do get in touch on Facebook and on Twitter and um, if you have a moment we'd love you to submit a review for us that would be wicked uh, first and first use of my first use of the word wicked for quite a long time there um, <laughs> we'll be back with more reading new podcast goodness next week bye, bye. you're listening to the real reading podcast.